irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. You're able to reach out to me through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Therapy. Com. You're able to schedule sessions with me in person at either my New Orleans or Los Angeles office locations. I work virtually seeing clients all over the world being through Skype, FaceTime, and phone. Please reach out for that. Or if you'd like to inquire about being a guest on this show, you're able to listen to archived episodes of this show through NOLA Therapy. There's a link to subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. And I encourage you, if you're moved, to support my show through the crowdfunding campaign that I have with Patreon.com. There's a link on NOLA Therapy. Additionally, you can access uh, straight through the Patreon.com forward slash Lisa Tahir. And if you don't know about it, Patreon supports authors, podcasters, just really amazing um, work and people for as little as a dollar a month. You can support your favorite podcast, for example. And today's show is brought to you by Audible. They have over 180,000 titles available for you to choose from. And as my sponsor, they offer you as a listener a free month along with an audiobook download of your choice. And you can take advantage of that by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. So I'm going to bring my guest on in just a few moments. I was really excited that that Amanda and I could plan this date. The show is really the zeitgeist of the times with women embodying the way that we can take up more of our internally sourced power. And that's what our topic is today. It's, It's really, I think, prevalent with the hashtag me too, the time's up movements, the women's March happening Saturday, January 20th, all over. And, and just, it's really a time as women that we step through and out of the current definitions, I think that we have of ourselves as women and plugging into energy that's available to us if we're open to it. So my guest that I'll bring on in just a few moments is Amanda Young of UrbanGoddessRetreats.com. If you want to pull it up while we're talking today, UrbanGoddessRetreats with an S.com. And since 2006, she's been working with women to empower empower us as women to live help more healthy, vibrant selves and, and basically step into an expanded version of ourselves by teaching the expression of feminine power through the myths and stories of the goddess archetypes from various cultures and how we can use that ancient wisdom to embody our true beauty and power that's internally sourced instead of coming from outside of us. So welcome, Amanda. I'm really happy to have you on. Hi, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. 
I love that introduction. Thank <laughs> you. you it. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really love what you're doing in, in your work. And you have such an interesting background as well. To find out that you started college in New York at 16 and then became a nutrition coach. And do you want to start there with a little of your background or, or somewhere else? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's a question I'm often asked is like, where where did this work come from and how did you develop it? And, and I always feel that there's two stories, you know, one is the under spiritual story of how it was Mm. unfolding within me. And the other is more the outer world story of how it evolved. And um, just to touch on the first one is that, you know, it was really a calling from my childhood um, in the sense that, I had near-death experiences when I was a child where this feminine figure appeared. Um, When I was a teenager, I started having a lot of spiritual awakenings and I just started feeling this, like that I was a priestess of the goddess. I didn't know where that came from exactly. And and then it kind of went underground a little bit for a while as I went through college and, you know, started to be out in the world. And I was really an artist, an Mm. actress, um, and like living that New York City life. And and yet through my artwork, even I could see like the three feminine powers that are mapped out in the body, like would show up <laughs> in mm. these feminine figures I would do and that kind of thing. But it really came to the surface. Um, and this is where we really meet up with the other um, aspect of it in the outer world. When I decided that I was going to become a nutrition coach. Okay. Enough. And that was a real shift for me out of, um, you know, just sort of being a a creative person into really um, coaching and and working with women. And even when I was in nutrition school, I remember writing down, they asked me, you know, or they asked everyone the first day to like write down your intentions or draw a picture. And they just drew this female figure coming out of the water. And I was like, I'm here to empower the feminine, (laughs) like through nutrition. I don't know how. And so I wow. started my company, uh, yeah, it just was always there and I didn't really know, um, you know, why like what to do like with I it. Was, yeah, well, I was personally obsessed with nutrition. And so it was like, that seemed like the first step into to being, you know, being in this holistic world. And I just really focused my whole practice on working with women. And I discovered so quickly that when women were coming to me for weight loss or an eating disorder or um, just wanting to be healthier or, you know, there were different reasons that women would come to me. But yeah. underneath what I discovered, it was actually always the same thing, which is it was really a malnutrition of their feminine soul. Wow. And that it was like, you know, the food has an important to play, but really what was being played out through the food for them was something that was a disconnect to their feminine power and, and to their feminine soul. And that there wasn't really anything out there that was a spiritual practice that really attended to the feminine in them, to their um, feminine fierceness, to their sensuality. And at the same time, I was doing my own journey I had gone deep into my spiritual practices over the years, doing yoga and Kundalini yoga and mm. meditation and Taoism and all of these and shamanism and exploring all of these different modalities um, and still feeling that my feminine soul wasn't 
fully expressed. Like I can remember being at a yoga ashram and feeling <clears throat> like this awakening there, but also feeling that my self was being constricted too, that my, my feminine self was being constricted. And so I started just to bring women together in circles, like my clients I was working with and invited other women in. And I said, let's explore because um, it just kept coming to me, the word, you know, like that I saw each of my clients as being a goddess. And okay. I started to explore what it means to awaken the goddess within. And that's when it all started in 2006. And it grew into retreats and then the course and the complexity of the work that I do now. But that's how it started, you know, so just bringing women together to explore that, to explore what does it mean to be a goddess? And what are all of these goddesses from different cultures? We would just do different workshops to explore each one. And then eventually out of that, I started doing retreats. And then I realized that there's a model of the three feminine powers that I work with. So that's a lot. That's, <laughs> I, think, I don't know if that's more than. No, that's awesome. I think that's beautiful. Just a nat- natural outgrowth. It's like spirit really picked you from the near-death experiences to, to be a channel of this wisdom and and just your life being shaped and you shifted gently to come into this work that you do, mm-hmm. which is so different from in just my experience of our culture with really masculine definitions of power and mm-hmm. how that's really different from, from what you teach about receiving and accepting. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly that, you know, what I was feeling with the women I was working with, as I said, it was this like malnourishment of their feminine soul. And another way of talking about it was a disconnect to their female power, to their mm-hmm. feminine power. And it was a sense that the women were in suffering because they were disconnected to their power. And we all feel that it's like when we're not in our personal power, we're not in our power, we suffer in our lives in so many ways. Yet at the same time, I could feel that there was a particular frequency of the feminine that was a part of it. It wasn't, the, the solution wasn't just simply, you know, the masculine definition of them getting connected to their power or the masculine spiritual path, but that there was a particular nourishment that comes from understanding that feminine power has its own frequency and its own definition. And that we've all grown up in a culture that doesn't show us that. In fact, our culture teaches us that feminine is weakness and masculine is strength. Um, Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, you know, it's all up right now for redefining. However, it's still like our whole culture is built upon it. And it's something that um, you can't help but absorb from the language and the structures of our culture. And, you know, just by the fact that how many times did you ever hear the word pussy being used as a in a negative way? Weak. Yes, a negative like a, way. It was, it, yeah. it was implied as being weak. And, and then the implication is that like the cock, you know, this big, strong, hard cock, it's strength yeah. and pussy is weak. And, um, and I love that really at this time we're in a conversation and I can't remember, there's a comedian, I can't remember his name now. I think Noah Trevor, who did a great, um, if you've never seen it, it's like, you can find it on YouTube, this little cool. live stand up piece where he talks about the, the pussy and he's like, pussy is weak. Like, are you crazy, man? And he goes into this whole thing. Um, but it's like, so it's starting to be like, you know, even then, like we're starting to get like, no, the pussy is not weak. But however, 
you know, our definitions of power come from this idea of, of that, like hard, strong cost that pushes its way through things. Yes. It's direction, exactly. it's force, yep. it's goal orientation. And there's, there's a, there's a, a going after and a pushing energy. And so we absorb that as women, like, I want to be powerful. I want to be a leader in my life. And so we absorb those definitions. Now, the, the feminine anatomy is different. It's like, we yeah. often, we open, we receive, and there is tremendous power in that. And so it's really, um, you know, the question just is, has come up and is very prescient at this time, which is, what is feminine power and how can we as women be fully in our power and fully in our feminine at the same time? Because we've absorbed that they're kind of binary opposites. I'm either feminine or I'm in my power. Right. Getting like, no, I can be absolutely feminine and absolutely powerful at the same time. But we don't know what that looks like. And that's been the question that obsesses me. What does that feel like? What does that look like? Because we, if we look to, you know, feminine leaders and, and powerful women, when we go back um, into the prior like, generations of feminism, in, in many cases, women had to take on those masculine definitions right. of power to, to mm-hmm. move through the, you know, to like get through the doors, like to get into the, you know, to be able to vote, to be able to um, have jobs. And, you know, we, and we're still pushing to get, you know, fair pay and that kind of thing. Yes. But women had to take on the masculine definitions. And it's really now, it's really this generation where, where it's really up for definition of like, what is it, how, how do we do this now in a feminine way? How do I do this without sacrificing my femininity? Because we suffer when we sacrifice our femininity. Um, and that's when the goddess comes into play. Because it's who are the role models? Where do we learn about what feminine power is? Well, that's yes. exactly what the stories of the goddesses are for. Those stories were once upon a time, you know, I believe it was like passed from mother to daughter or like wow. feminine mentor to mentees, like to teach you, these are your feminine powers, young, young girl, like you're, this is what you're going to grow into. So that women knew that this, that this is their power as a woman. And so that's sort of bringing these stories in and really creating um, uh, uh, that kind of atmosphere for women to be introduced to that is, is so powerful. Like this wisdom, this lineage, um, these role models. And I hear you saying in that, that women weren't shamed around those themes or that way right. of, of being in their bodies. Like now, and, and before yeah. I met you and attended your workshop, I had been kind of investigating for myself this idea of power and and for me to be in my masculine with pursuing goals and, and doing that really well, yet feeling like there was something lacking and just thinking of the pussy as like a receptacle. Almost there's this, there's this belief that it's like a receptacle for whatever's put in it. And that didn't feel yeah. right at all. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, wow, but what else is there? Like, and just so the feminine, the, the receptiveness is not just sitting there waiting for whatever to come by, but it's really drawing in internally sourcing what we want, what we need, who we are, like that uh, an electric mm-hmm. current through us emanating from within us that's tapped into this mm-hmm. ancient wisdom. And the you talk about the earth Shakti. And so when we met, it yeah. was like, yes, this is like what I've been putting words to my own experience that I've been looking mm-hmm. to find an alternative definition of power and where to source it from. 
Yes, beautiful. I mean, you know, exactly. Like to go back to just the, the first little bit that you were saying about a receptacle. It's exactly that. It's like our culture has viewed um, the pussy or the vagina as being something that is just um, there because it's, it's a, reset, a receiver, that it mm-hmm. doesn't have its own wisdom or brain in there, that it's just there. I mean, the word um, actually goes back to, it means like sheath for a sword, right? So mm. sword is the active component, and this is the thing that holds it, right? So pussy is a thing for, yeah. you know, cost to go into, and that's it. And it's really um, now understanding, no, like there's tremendous wisdom in there. And we are um, transmitters of this Shakti. And so, you know, a lot of the work that I do is very physical. And it's having us drop out of the head and really into the pelvis and awaken that energy and awaken that inner wisdom and really know um, uh, a friend of mine, she calls it the oracle between our legs. I wish I came up with that, but I didn't. That, that we have this oracle between our legs. We have this wisdom. We have this yeah. brain that's there, a consciousness that can guide us. And she's really guided by a pleasure and what turns us on and brings so much joy into our life. But as women, because of the shame, we are yes. disconnected. We are disconnected to that. And it's something that happens for every, so every little girl has a natural quality of that, you know, up until a certain age where she's connected, not, not in the um, mature, like her sexual organs and all that haven't developed, but a natural ability to just be really present in her instinctual self. However, there's a certain point in time where that level of aliveness, that level of embodiment becomes shameful. We feel the shame um, because of the discomfort of other people. And then as we're developing into a sexual being, then that becomes even more profound and we're not comfortable with the attention or something in far too many cases, there's been a violation that occurred because of it because we live in a culture that's so uneducated about this and so shamed around it that then there's all this stuff that's happening in the shadows and as a young, you know, innocent, beautiful, embodied feminine being, um, we feel kind of assaulted by that and confused. And so we disconnect. We, we become disembodied. Yeah. And, all, and then plus we live in a disembodied culture with all the electronics anyway, but we come up into the head and we lose that instinctual self. And, you know, the, the three goddess energies I work with are um, three seats of consciousness in the body. One of them is this seat of consciousness that is in the um, sexual organs and the sexual center. And then, and that's our, what I call our sensual goddess. And mm-hmm. then the second is the warrior goddess. And she's located in that gut instinctual self, the yes. gut in the womb. And that ability, you know, it's like, that's where we create our boundaries from and that's where we really speak our truth and we know our truth and we know when we're a no or when we're a yes. So much of that comes from that area. And then the third being the heart and the compassionate goddess and really the, in the, the brain, you know, these are three brains, three seats of consciousness yes. within our bodies that we're meant to be guided by. And, um, but we, we, you know, we go into the head, we can become completely disconnected to that. And that's where, you know, the anxiety and depression and so much of what we suffer from is really that disconnect to that instinctual self. Absolutely. I think so. 
I think so as well. And and what I've noticed is of the three goddess archetypes that you just described, I'm super comfortable with two of the three. And and I I think that might be the case for most women. And I'm curious, how can we activate or really step into the goddess that we might not have as much comfort with or those aspects of ourself that we're not quite as comfortable with? How do you help women really embody all three, to be in all three at the same time and as needed? Right. And what I'll say is like when, when I, you know, really introduce women to this model and teach them about these three um, faces of the goddess and these three feminine powers and um, usually a woman will feel that there's one or two that she's more comfortable with, one or two that she's less comfortable with. And, um, and what I'll say is that sometimes women are surprised. I just want to put that out there, which okay. is that very often women will come to me and they'll say, okay, I'm, I'm a warrior goddess. Like that's who I am. I'm goal oriented, you know, and, um, but I'm not really comfortable with my sensual goddess. And, then when they work with me, they're really surprised that there's a lot that happens when they get to the warrior goddess that they're like, oh my God, I had no idea because most of the time. So, and, and then, and then the opposite could be the case. A woman could come and think that she's more of a sensual goddess or, you know, very often women are, are you know, comfortable with <laughs> compassionate goddess because that's the nurturing mothering energy right. that encouraged around as women, but the giver. Yes. But what I'll say is that each of them has a wound expression. So there's a divine expression and there's a wounded expression. Most often women are living in the wounded expression and you're in the wounded expression when you're not connected to, you know, all three. And Mm. you're also in a wounded expression when you're living it in the the disembodied way. So many women that, that identify themselves as being like a warrior goddess type are mental warrior goddesses. Uh, not in the embodied instinctual side of it as much, not all the time, but many women um, is that they're, they're like using their mind a lot. They're strategizing, they're goal oriented, they're going after things. So yes, all of that is more of a warrior goddess way, but they might not be doing it in a true divine expression of it, which is to really come into an embodied expression. And there in that there's a lot of wildness and there's a lot of emotion Um, because very often we're shutting down the emotion in order to be in that logical goal oriented place. So there's a lot of wildness in the true warrior goddess, for example. Um, but it's just interesting to watch, um, because sometimes, you know, women will say it's really just this one and I'll watch the process. And then um, together we're like, huh, interesting. Like there, it's really a journey into all three of them and, and how we do that is um, I, I always start with a sensual goddess. And that is the one that I'll say, you know, uh, across the board, every woman needs that. You know, it's that, like, yeah. that's the juice of life. That's, that's the, the pussy that we we're talking about. Like, that's where she resides. That's the, the sensuality, the pleasure. And that's really right. the fuel that fills us up and mm-hmm. allows us. Um, it's like life kind of has no meaning. We'll get really depressed if we get too disconnected to that because that's yeah. it's like that's the color, that's the, that's the, the pleasure. And how we how we work with the with these energies is it's threefold. I work with women um, by connecting on a mental behavioral level, a spiritual level, and then a physical level. 
So the mental and behavioral level is to really learn about the goddesses that are associated with that, to learn about the archetype and to start to rewire things and make connections in your brain of like, oh, that's a part of me. It's a a psychological um, kind of behavioral thing that happens. And you start to shift certain behaviors in your life to be more like that goddess. And so it might be things about how you dress and you know, just, just actions you take, that kind of thing. And, and then you're starting to identify and be like, oh, I'm more like that God. So the spiritual level is to go and really understand that, yes, it's a psychological archetype. And it also, these are resonances. These are frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, these are deities that exist somewhere in another dimension that you can call in and connect to and have a spiritual relationship with. And that can be done through the visualizations and the meditations that I do. That's done through, um, with some of them, it can be chanting or mantra, but it's starting to have a relationship with her in a spiritual way and understand that you can kind of surrender to her or invite her in. And then the physical way, the third way is very impactful and powerful, which is to awaken that embodied space where she resides in the body. So for example, with the sensual goddess and that she resides in our sensual, our sexual organs. Um, I have breathing practices and physical practices that we do to start to awaken that and to open up her energy and let that become awakened in the body. It's literally like that, that seat of consciousness and that power center in the body is also, um, it's like her temple. And when we yeah. breathe in in the right way and we embody in that space, we start to open up that, that instinctual self and become in a way like a channel for that energy or finding that part of ourselves. And I'm thinking as you're talking, Amanda, that for listeners out there that have an active meditation practice, as I do, that we're encouraged in many meditations, breathe through your heart space, breathe through your solar plexus. But I haven't heard that many until I started to look that talk about breathing through your sexual organs, your sexual, like take in breath and energy, breathing into that space and pushing out. And and that really fully connects us to all chakras in. And so I think it's such an important component and piece that your work addresses in the meditations you offer in the workshop that, that I did. So I, I so what, what do women tell you as they're working with you and going through this process? How have they experienced this and work yeah. well, what else? even of, of doing things Wait. that are really different? What, did you did you ask what do they have fears? Is that what you said? I just lost it for a second. I was saying sorry. Yeah, the the network connection got a little sketchy. Just. Is, is what women say, how they experience this work with you. And, and just the word yeah. fear was coming up in my mind as you were talking and how we, because yeah. we're doing things <laughs> that are different, uncomfortable. We might feel weird. We look weird. And yeah. just, I'm curious how that, yeah, how you work with yeah. that. Yeah. Well, what I'd say is that it's, it's, it's a really deep transformational process that women have when they go through this work with me and, and fear definitely is something that comes up. And um, sometimes it comes up right before women are like ready to commit to it or right after they commit or right when we begin, because there's this feeling of I'm going to be moving into some uncomfortable spaces, which with anything that we do in any area of our life, our life when we're doing some of transformational, you know, there's going to be some fear because it means it's letting go of something that's familiar and going into a new territory. And in particular with our bodies and um, our pleasure and, um, you know, there's, 
can, can, yeah, can bring things up for women. But I, I always find that every woman that I work with and that goes through this, this course, um, I see them as being such courageous women um, because they're really mm-hmm. embracing this. And there's so much joy in the process, but it's like, wow, it takes courage to do it. And um, what women experience is a lot of opening and you know it is this journey where we do the sensual goddess and then we we spend a month with the warrior goddess and then um, we'll usually spend a month with the compassionate goddess and say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill in that process, it's, you're going to go really deep into that. And so at the beginning, it's, it's the joy and the pleasure. And, and again, there's some discomfort and like, oh, I'm going into my sexual energy. But what women will experience is just a lot of magnetism in their life and deepening of their, oh. um, if they're in a partnership, it's like the sex, they're like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like I didn't know it yeah. would be like that. My partner <laughs> right. like, everyone yes. has partners tend to become my biggest fans. They're like, yeah, oh, I bet. Like, you know, do more work with her. Um, because yes. the women really are given permission to just open up and blossom like in a sexual way. And also women become really magnetic to attracting in um, partners and, and that kind of thing, you know, in the sensual goddess, there's a lot of that. And just an experience of, it's, wow, I can have fun. I have permission to really have fun and joy and pleasure in my life. And What's really cool is that when that happens for a woman, suddenly her work will tend to really take off, which is a surprising, like, secondary benefit. It's like, oh, I'm giving myself time to be in my pleasure and joy, which is really an experience of abundance and prosperity energetically. And what happens is that the work just starts to come in a flow and they find that there's an ease there, which is really cool. And so we, we, you know, we work with this energy for a while and then we go into the warrior goddess. And when you're in the warrior goddess, that's where we're really going into like shadow facing and um, really looking at, yeah, what, what, where am I not fully owning my, my instinctual power, um, my boundaries, where, um, where am I um, like being dishonest or, you know, where, where am I not seeing something that's in my, my shadow? And so that's like the kind of really, I would say that that period of time is deeply transformational for women. And sometimes there can be almost a darkness that you go into and it's different for each woman, but it's, it's just going into really facing things that you might have been trying to gloss over. And, um, and then we move into the compassionate goddess, which is, just this incredible light miracle making beautiful love energy and the journey makes a lot of sense when you go through it and so I've had it described um you know by some women who have gone through it have said it's like really the path to true self-love um because it's it's moving through your shadows it's going into your joy and then really coming into this like union with the heart open into the divine um so it's it's something that um, I, I find that a lot of women, women come in for so many different reasons to this work and come out with so many different, um, 
kind of results in the sense that sometimes a woman's really coming to connect to her feminine side in order to call in relationship or heal in the relationship she's in. And so there's just a lot of beautiful healing like that that occurs for women. And for some women, they're coming that that might that part of their life might really be worked out. And then they're coming to find something in their work. And a lot of women have huge breakthroughs and really, um, you know, identifying like a career path that they're going on or birthing a new project or, um, you know, so all sorts of different experiences that women have. But it's it's really it's. Kind of, I, you know, I think in, in many ways what women experience is like the feeling of like, oh, I've come into myself. Like this is, a, yes. it's kind of like a fundamental way of like really being at home in your body and at home in yourself and at home in your life that serves in so many different ways. And, um, and I think that the, I feel like the fear aspect for a lot of women really dissolves pretty quickly once we're in community together, once we're doing the work, you know, and they feel the other women and realize, Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. (laughs) And the space, it, it's safe space too to express all, all those aspects of yourself with other women. And as I'm, as I'm listening to you and feeling into what I'm, I'm hearing you say, I'm having the experience of, of looking at the three goddess archetypes that, that you've described and in thinking and feeling into the compassionate goddess, I'm experiencing how so much of that would be self-love and self-forgiveness is, is what I'm thinking. And that that's a big component component of what you're teaching, what women are working with, just the ways I think we hold ourselves to such high standards that Mm -hmm. are really not sustainable or even humanly possible. We hold ourselves to such high places of responsibility and and such. So I'm thinking how beautiful that would be to finally let all that down and and just feel that love for ourselves from the divine mm-hmm. and with each other. Absolutely. And then thinking of the, the warrior goddess and yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you want to say more? This this. Our connection is just a little no, go sketchy. Ahead, go so I'm ahead. walking around finding, <laughs> uh, finding the signal. Um, and, th- and think of the, and feeling into the warrior goddess. I, I know in my work with women that it can be hard for women to set boundaries and say no for, for all kinds of various reasons. Yet when we, sometimes I think the saying no is to ourselves, to not even mm-hmm. to others, just allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to have time and space for our own nurturing and and beingness so i'm thinking that's part of what you help women also is is just setting boundaries with ourselves yes yeah would that be exactly yes yes and exactly and what's really interesting about the way these three goddess energies work is that um you know they're, they're isolated out to understand like this is your warrior goddess, this is your central goddess, and this is your compassionate goddess. So we now have a model and a language and a way to identify it within ourselves. And at the same time, they're very interrelated. They really work with each other. So it's like the warrior goddess, um, you know, like you were saying, like it's even like we're, we're saying no and placing down boundaries like against ourselves in some way. Um, she helps us. It's like she's protective of the sensual goddess and the compassionate goddess, right? So it's using her to say, hey, I'm going to put boundaries around time so I, I, I will schedule in pleasure time for me, for my sensual. I will yeah. schedule in pleasure time for my sensual goddess. 
I exactly. am going to place boundaries down to protect, you know, it's, it's this relationship, like the compassionate goddess is that heart. And it is so much about self-love and self-nurturing, but it's also the ability to really be okay with vulnerability and walking around mm. with a soft heart in the world, to really have a soft heart in the world and really feel safe in that and feel that that's a strength and a power. Now, the warrior goddess helps us to be able to do that. When a woman is really identified with herself as that nurturer, that giver, or being open-hearted, um, but her warrior goddess isn't strong enough, what will happen is that she will um, kind of, you know, she'll feel resentful. She'll feel like a martyr. And, um, and, and she can even kind of harden up a little bit um, because she doesn't feel like she knows, like then the wounded warrior goddess might come forward, you know, like, um, mm, right. like sweeping and how she's trying to place down boundaries in this really way that doesn't serve. But if you understand the warrior goddess and you're comfortable in her zone and you really get the different faces, like Durga is this Hindu warrior goddess who just, is she's so serene she's just like no i don't think that's going to work for me you know but she knows her power Mm. when you're able to embody that when you have such clarity about your power and your strength and your ability to say no your ability to speak up for yourself then you actually can feel safe walking around with that soft heart out in the world because you know that your warrior goddess is right there you know if, if need be but yeah. if, when we don't when we don't really know these energies and we haven't really worked with them everything's coming out in a really awkward funky way you know and um and so yeah. they work together and that's just one example but it's like you know, the sensual they, goddess she gives the nourishment and the fuel and the energy and joy and pleasure so that the warrior goddess has the fuel you know, if you're, if you're out there being this warrior goddess all the time, but you haven't connected to your sensual goddess, you don't have the fuel. And then you start to have adrenal fatigue and exhaustion and you get bitter and angry, you know, because you're pushing out all the time. They all interrelate in this really beautiful way. They, they do. And the, the sensual goddess is, is the third component that she is in so many things in addition to our sexuality and, and its expression through food and yeah. through art and just walking down the mm. street and smelling a flower and just. I've been really opening to her and just all of her expressions and ways that that really is how we can make our choices in life to what we say yes to and what we say no to. Even that be as simple as going to dinner with a certain person or not. Just she really directs and informs, I think, so many of our decisions instantly. I think there's a moment of clarity where she comes forth and tells us you know, what's going to feel good. And then our brain might kick in with all kinds of reasons, yes or no. But I think there's that (laughs) moment of clarity I've been finding, you know, just really tune into her and and the balance that you're talking about between all three and way to live our lives and make decisions. Absolutely. You know, and it's that it's really understanding like there's so much emphasis in our culture around the brain and like thinking in the head and, you know, figuring something out. And like you're saying that you're that the sexual center and, and I also believe like the gut center and the heart, like these are all these brains, these, that are speaking to us that have these yeah. really instinctual responses. And the sensual goddess is all like, oh, yes, that would be yummy. That's delicious or not, you know? And then the warrior goddess has that sense exactly. of like, you know, like funky, like this doesn't feel right. Or, you know, but it's, 
it's really understanding that that should be the guiding wisdom and the brain is like a filter that it gets to go through, you know? Um, but that re- wow. the, the mental brain and the head is really a filter, but that the guidance and the voice is actually coming from an embodied instinctual space and, you know, rather, um, yeah, absolutely. So I'd love for <laughs> you to let our listeners know in our last five minutes, the time is just flying. How can yeah. people reach you? What are you, what are you offering? Yeah. What so listeners take out a pen, paper. This will be all over social media and iTunes, Google Play. Please inform right. our listeners. All right. Yes. So I am um, located in Los Angeles. However, I have um, a lot of work that I do virtually, and I travel a lot. Um, I do one-on-one coaching with women where we do a twelve-week course. Um, one-on-one going through this whole process I described with the central goddess, the warrior goddess, and the compassionate goddess. And I do that via Skype. Um, I also teach a course in person here in LA, and the next one will be opening up later in the spring, and that'll be announced soon. And that's where we actually have a circle of women here in LA, and we meet once a month in person, and then the rest is, is virtual in between. And okay. eventually, later this year, there's going to be a virtual version of that course. And um, I'm launching very soon. I'm going to be doing a um, goddess prosperity program. And so this is what I've discovered is that for a lot of women on the feminine path, there's a disconnect to money and prosperity because we associate it with the masculine. So it's the way we associate it with power. So I'm going to be doing a six-week virtual course called The Prosperous Goddess, and that'll be announced on my website really soon, too. So um, the website's urbangoddessretreats.com. You can find me there, and you can always reach out um, via the website with any questions. Uh, Yeah. That's awesome, Amanda. And and just, um, is there one question you might get asked more than than others by women in in the work that you do? Is there something Mm. that kind of stands out? Ooh, let me have to feel into that for a moment. Um, one question, this has just popped in. I don't know if this is more than others, but this just popped in right now, so I'm going to speak it, is that when women, when women start to get open to the sensual goddess and they realize, like, oh, yeah, I probably want more of that in my life, what does come forward a lot is that women have a couple fears around if they, is like, is it really safe for me to let my pussy guide? <laughs> you know, Why? is it really yeah. safe for me to let her guide? And usually the fear is um, one, it could be like the, around sex, like for, sometimes for sex, um, single women, they'll be like, uh, you know, I'm afraid. Am I just going to become easy and start sleeping with men all over the place if I let her guide? And I always say with that question, it's like, you know, we're going to be working with your central goddess, but also your warrior goddess and your compassionate goddess. You filter it through all three and she'll let you know. It's like, um, and then the other fear is, is kind of like, if I let her guide, is everything going to fall apart in my life? Uh, right? right. So if I start giving into my pleasure, like if I'm just walking around smelling the flowers, you know, succeeding, <laughs> you know, doing all that pleasure stuff is the rest of my life going to fall apart. Like, is my business going to fall apart or, you know, am I going to not be able to just take care of everything? And my answer to that is, you know, with the hundreds of women that I've worked with and experienced and what I've experienced in my own life is no, your life comes together when you do that. 
It's like there is a flow and an ease. And I, you know, I mentioned that earlier. It's like women's careers often really take off when this piece comes into play. Um, There's just, it's like the grease in the wheels. It's like suddenly everything can flow better in your life. But it takes, it actually is a discipline to bring pleasure and to bring sensuality into your life, you you know, when you're not used to it. That makes, yeah. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's definitely a question that comes up for women a lot. Yeah. And also Um, I'm, I'm thinking to share with our listeners that you work with women of regardless of sexual orientation, straight women, gay women, bisexual women, that the work applies to whatever. Yeah. Okay, good. I want to make sure listeners know that as well. I know that, but just yeah. to let that be known. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I, uh, you know, anyone who is, uh, you know, biologically a woman, um, can really benefit from this work and it definitely has nothing to do with, um, your, um, sexual preference at all. Um, I've done deep w- work with women who are in um, partnerships and in couples together. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been such a beautiful time together. And I'm really grateful to that we scheduled for today before the Women's March and with everything going on just in the world with feminine power and, and our really access. I look forward to staying connected. Me too. I look forward to it. I want to check out your next class coming up. So I look forward to seeing that on your website. Great. All right. Thank Thank you. you And have a great day. (laughs) Okay. You too. Thank you. Bye. That was Amanda Young with urbangoddessretreats.com. Join me next week. I am really excited to just keep going with the theme of women's empowerment and embodying what that means for us. Next week, I'll be interviewing Katie Hill. She's running for U.S. Congress in California, District 25. So we will continue that conversation about women in politics and exercising our our political power in today's time. And just to end, my sponsor is audible.com and they offer for you as a listener of All Things Therapy, a free month trial subscription along with an audiobook download of your choice. I've been listening to Gabby Bernstein's release of Judgment Detox and just check that out, audibletrial.com forward slash All Things Therapy. I hope everyone has an awesome day. Bye-bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.